Okay. Uh, hello, humans. Greetings, humans. Hello, Josh. Hello, Ellie. Danger Josh. Non-danger Ellie. I'm, we're told that uh, that uh, non-danger Ellie should make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Because people like that banter, <coughs> but Ellie didn't like that banter, so that's why it was gone. I'll just close my eyes. <laughs> Look, now I can't hear the banter. <laughs> okay. Uh, this episode is about making time for things that matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the heart of this episode. Yeah. And it's interesting because it was the working title of this episode had been Being Busy is Not That Cool. Which I think is it should still be the title because it's not cool. But it, what we've learned, I feel like you didn't learn the lesson of the episode. I feel like that every episode. <laughs> the lesson of the episode <laughs> is it's actually okay to be busy. You just have to make time for things that matter among that busyness. Right. I guess, so this plays a lot off of one of our other upcoming episodes about making excuses. Mm -hmm. um, Because a lot of what we talked about was in that realm as well as in just saying that you're busy. Mm -hmm. So we have, Josh and I have been actively working on not blindly saying, I'm busy in response to the question, how are things or how Mm -hmm. are you? Uh, because we've come to realize that when you do that, it shuts down the conversation. And we believe that you can miss out on opportunities, more great conversations, and maybe even adventure. Mm-hmm. So we want to issue a challenge to our listeners this week. The uh, For the next week, anytime you feel yourself starting to respond to people by saying, I'm busy, find a way to stop that and have a more engaging or inviting response. And we want to see where that leads, and we want you to let us know. So we want to hear back from you whether it unlocks any new adventures or opportunities or great conversations. And we want to hear about it, even if it just makes you feel better about yourself for being more in control of your busyness. Because the point of the episode is that it's actually okay to be busy, but we have to be uh, learn to be in control of it and make time for things that right. are important. So our friend Charles is someone that we think is super good at that. So we brought him in for a chat about it. And if you don't know Charles Yule, he has built a very successful bike art poster brand called Art Crank. And we've watched it grow from being a well-attended local show to being a highly regarded international event with several shows a year around the world. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're done listening to this episode, you should head over to artcrank.com and buy yourself some great handmade bike-inspired posters. Yes. Or just or look just at them and tell your friends that are, are looking for artwork. Or just say hi to Charles because he's awesome. Yeah. That's all. Let's go to the episode. All right. Let's let's do. Okay. Now we're recording. recording. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, Charles. Hi, how are you? Greetings. Good, how are you? Better than I deserve to be. Oh. I'm not <laughs> complaining a bit. Okay. Hi, Josh. Hi. How's it Hi, going? Hi, Ellie. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Why are you... What? What's that? <laughs> um, Did it get weird already? I just yeah. got here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Made it weird. It wasn't your fault. It was Josh's fault. I don't know what... <laughs> I'm even being accused of right now. I don't know, you look like... Don't I have the right to... We'll we'll find something. ...face my accuser? (laughs) I have to sneeze already. Oh my god. 
<laughs> it turns out you're allergic to podcasting. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we're going to have a chat about how being busy isn't actually that cool. Um, and we are... What are you saying? <laughs> you're, not, you're not cool. It's not cool <laughs> saying that you're busy. <laughs> so this is actually an intervention. Yeah. Great. It's Charles, not. we've noticed you talk about being busy, so... This is not a sneak attack intervention. It's a thing that I've heard you talk about in the past. Yeah. And... And um, I know, I think you guys had a chat about this. Yeah, the last last time we were writing. Yeah. So the conversation (laughs) is about being busy and how to deal with that. I know you guys have had a chat about this. I I wanted to say recently, but I actually think it was last summer. In geologic time, it was. (laughs) (laughs) It was the last time I saw you face to face. It was August, right? That's when Art Crank was. Thereabouts, yeah. I always uh, kind of automatically say Art Crank is just in April because it had been for yeah. so long, uh, but it was different this year. Yeah, yeah. We started doing it in June um, for the Minneapolis show the last couple of years because a lot more of it is taking place outside. And April is kind of an unpredictable month mm-hmm. for whether we've had sunshine, we've had sleet, we've had snow, we've had all three of those things in the course of the same day. Yeah. And doing it in June gives us a little better chance at good weather and sure. you know, people being able to enjoy things like food trucks and doing group rides to the show and things like that. Yeah. So Well I would say for our listeners outside of Minnesota, just as an FYI, every month in Minnesota is unpredictable. April is just one of the higher. Yeah. Like the, yeah. there are there are a higher number of types of weather. Yeah, April's kind of like the DMZ month. <laughs> winter and spring and summer, they've all got kind of a foot in there. They do. Nobody really owns it. Tuesday and one of them can take any given the day. Month Tuesday of all it's seasons. negative 20. Yeah. And there's an ice storm and then Thursday it's like 85 degrees. Yeah. And all Minnesotans mood swings adjust accordingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's so tough yeah. and volatile. Okay. Um, so anyway, we wanted to have this chat with you because you are, you have, you are a professional human doing, uh, still work in what, what, what had been your, um, your career in agency work for a long time in branding, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you in writing and content development. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. I, my right? background is in copywriting, creative direction, and brand strategy mm-hmm. uh, in both advertising and, uh, and design. And so. as you had started, which are incredibly busy, that's an incredibly busy, long hours type of yeah. profession, the creative field. And then you had started to pull Art Crank in on top of that and grow that business. And then you were able to make a change where your primary focus was on art crank but you still do some of the other in a a freelance capacity um so as as we've watched you take art crank around the world um and continue to maintain that workload we've just wondered how you how you make it all happen and 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 um how you find time to not be busy um, I or do you? don't remember the last time I wasn't busy. So I guess to kind of play off of what Ellie was saying, I think the main reason we wanted you for this episode is you you don't just automatically respond to stuff with, I'm, I'm busy, I can't possibly <laughs> think about that. Mm-hmm. You find time for the people around you and, and that sort of thing. And I guess we were kind of wondering 
like what that secret sauce was a little bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had, so I was in the, the elevator the other day, right. and I, there's some, um, a couple of people that used to work in the same suite uh, as me and now work in a suite on a lower floor, and we'll run into each other, and I ran into one of them in the elevator, and he said, hey, how's it going? And I said, oh man, it's so busy. And then I got, uh, because we were thinking about this episode, I drew attention to it because I, I say that automatically a lot and I it just has, it has become um, not really an excuse for me but it's a total lie. Yeah. I am not that busy. I have <laughs> the right amount of work is busy. I expect work to be from the time I get there till the time I put it away for the day. I expect it to be you know active and and filled with activity and mm. things to do but it's not unsurmountably busy for me it's not overwhelming it's not oh it well maybe it maybe it's overwhelming at the time but then right. i there's a point at which i get to go home from it yeah. and I, I i think of being too busy as as not feeling like you can take that break and and go home from something yeah and then we have the podcast and there's <laughs> kids and there's a dog and there's all this stuff but I still feel like I have time to sit on the couch and not do anything once in a while. So um, I I was angry with myself <laughs> for just saying as a as a canned response, oh I'm really busy because I'm it's a lie and I think a lot of people do that, but you don't and uh, I think I think it's really cool and I um, you prioritize and you've found ways to prioritize people who are important to you in your life. So. How do you, how do you navigate that? Um, I think if if that's really where I am at this point, it's only by virtue of having done it wrong, repeatedly, and <laughs> sort of gotten to a point where I realized I'm not really enjoying this. Um, yeah. Because I have a spontaneous tendency towards busy. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, if I'm not occupied with something on a fairly consistent basis. That's not a comfortable place for me. I don't sit still well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, whether it was, you know, working in advertising and design or doing art crank or whatever balance of that, um, not having something to occupy my mind was never a comfortable state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a healthy sense, that something can be having a conversation with a friend that you haven't hung out with for a while or, you know, going out on a bike ride, going out to see a band or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely think of a period of time, probably about 2013, when Art Crank was at its peak of busyness, where we had like 15 events in one year in three countries, mm -hmm. where I wasn't doing anything but that. And you hadn't delegated enough of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's always been an organization of, you know, five or fewer people to pull all of this stuff off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as you like to delegate things, being a control freak, you also like, and when I say you, I mean me, <laughs> right. uh, also like to have them done a certain way. And when you're not able to delegate successfully, you usually end up picking those things back up in addition mm -hmm. to whatever it was you were trying to do in the midst of delegating other stuff. Well, when you're building a brand the way you have been, uh, you have to, the experience, people's experience of that brand has to be a certain way. Yeah. And you, you've had a very clear vision for you know what how people would experience that brand so I can imagine it would be hard to to have anybody else bring that into the world 
Well, yeah, and, and also I think you know the best the best situation you can have with delegating responsibility is allowing people to kind of find their way into a position to make their own mistakes, and because what we were doing was you know pop up event based the opportunities to fail weren't ones where you could fail and then learn and then fix. It was, <laughs> right. okay, if this doesn't get done right, then this whole thing comes apart. Fits. So, sure. you know, there, there wasn't that opportunity to say, well, okay, what you what you should have done is this. Now do you want to try it again yeah. in another month, in another city, <laughs> you know, now that we've made a complete cock-up of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, being able to use... You know those opportunities as you know, oppor- you know, a chance for people to learn something, a chance to sort of put wrap their own heads around it. That wasn't present in a way that, with a more normal job, you might be able to pull off. Mm-hmm. Sure. Interesting. How do you, how do you balance it with freelance work? The I guess the the easiest answer to that is it sort of depends on how much is going on at any given time. Um, nothing ever lines up the way that you want it to what having our crank grow from you know what was an annual event that happened once a year in Minneapolis to something that has multiple executions and angles to it has allowed me to do is to be a little bit more selective about the freelance work that I take on sure where you know earlier in my career when freelancing was something that you did between full-time jobs or sort of as an adjunct to full-time employment to Mm -hmm. work on stuff outside of whatever it was you were doing at your day job you know, it, it occurs in various levels of economic necessity. And now, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, there's less of that pressure to, oh, my God, if I don't get out there and build this much a week, then, you know, the lights are going to go off. Sure. Yeah. So it's allowed me to be, you know, a little bit more focused on the work that I take on and to be able to say no to stuff that just doesn't fit, whether it doesn't fit because of a timing concern or because it's just not the kind of work I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a lot more selective with it now than I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Should we get back to the conversation that uh, that the two of you had that you wanted to talk more about? Yeah. Well, one of the things... Because I was busy looking <coughs> at posters. <laughs> I don't know. This was like during our ride. So you weren't looking at posters at that. Maybe in your mind you were looking at posters. <laughs> but um, Charles is here, so I have to at least think about posters. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a website that I found this information on. It references a book. We're just going to link to the website, uh, Warrior Mind Coach. And it just talks about like the the decision to answer someone's question with, I'm busy can mean a few different things. And you, you found a source as well mm-hmm. on that, and you'll talk a little bit about that too. But, um, but there's kind of a thought experiment that goes with this, and that is um, when you say, I'm busy to somebody, um, there are a few different meanings that can convey. One, um, you could trade in your head, before you're about to answer this, you could trade the term busy with important or I am important. So when someone asks you, oh, hey, um, are you, uh, I have this thing coming up, do you want to go to it? Um, you could transpose in, in busy in your head to mean I'm, I'm too important to yeah. go to that event yeah. for you. Another way, uh, and I think this fits with more along the lines of what you had, is it can also be an excuse. 
like an excuse to dismiss conversation, yeah. uh, an easy answer. Um, it could be, you know, you can get a, a get out of jail free card on a lot of different questions with, oh, I'm, I'm too busy. Yeah. Um, it can also be a statement of fear. Like when s someone's thinking about going back to college or, um, you know, can I take on this, this other freelancing gig? Like, and I, because I need that money, like being, thinking that you're too busy can be a statement of fear in that way yeah, as well. Very much so. It sort of gives you permission to right. step back from whatever that commitment or that venturing forth into unexplored territory yep. might be. Yep. So I've tried my, my best to, to remove that word from my vocabulary. Yeah. And it's a, the, the suggestion was to replace busy with important to coach yourself out of saying that mm -hmm. because you sound like a dick when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, like if you were to say that out loud, you just wouldn't. You, right. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when that person had stopped me in the elevator and said, oh, hey, how are you doing? If I had said, oh, man, I'm so important. <laughs> I would never say that. But we say, we say, oh, I'm so busy either as a as a further conversation blocker, yeah. like an excuse to not, um, you know, something quick to, to rattle off that sounds good enough. Like it, mm. it used to be, I'm fine or yeah. everything's okay or whatever, which also is usually a complete lie yeah. because there's always something that you're working on or struggling through, you know, so it's just a way to, it's just a way to end the conversation yeah. it's kind of a professional how's the weather thing uh-huh right you know? totally like oh super <laughs> let's talk busy. about baseball like so i must be everything's fine or how you doing just living the dream you know that yeah. kind of thing yeah it's just another one it's of my just favorite a, expressions yeah <laughs> living the dream which nobody ever sounds honest or that is always yours or someone else's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then it gets uncomfortable and yeah but yeah. uh <laughs> and then you so have what to is your the dream let's just go zero to four <laughs> tell me, tell me where do you think your dream had its uh, genesis at <laughs> where where did that start where's that come from so it can become just a way to blow people off which which actually sucks because you close yourself off to having really, really cool conversation. And it has always been a thing uh, that people challenge that quick, I'm fine response or I'm yeah. busy response with. What if you told the truth in those moments? What if you said what was really happening? Does anybody, first of all, really want to know? And can they handle it? And do they have time for it? Or was the question itself bullshit? And can we think of, you know, like, mm -hmm. do yeah, they... It's, it's space filler. Yeah. You know, let's say. Yeah. So, do we fix it or not? I mm. don't know. This is just a conversational sorbet to get us through this otherwise uncomfortable yeah. well, elevator we, ride. <laughs> what we were talking about when we were thinking through the episode that we're doing now is, like, I mean, it's... This episode it, that yeah, we're this in? One. This episode that we're in right now. Inception. <laughs> um, it... Uh, it just ends it. Like, you yeah. can't... Where, where do you go forward from yeah. there? 
Yeah. Like, it's not like they're gonna ask to peel that onion. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what what are what are you doing when you're busy? Well, so what you're saying is you don't want to talk about this. <laughs> you would really, really rather talk about anything else. You would probably rather perform an appendectomy <laughs> on yourself without anesthesia than continue to talk about Ding, what it is. Here's your floor. But it's yeah. so yeah. it's such a common response though. Like it's People give it to me all the time. Yeah. I'm like, well, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. Um, so in an elevator, it's fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But then when you start to talk to people that you care about and that right. you actually want to spend time with, it's very off-putting, which is kind of what um, led us to even want to dig into this topic at all because we've we've encountered it and and. You know, how much do you keep trying with people who whose response is always, oh, I'm swamped, busy. What they're, um, whether or not they say the words, what it feels like is, I'm too important to spend time yeah. with you. I, I can't prioritize you in my life. Um, so how have you, have you come across that with other people? And does it, has it shaped the way you talk to people? Yeah, yeah, and I think I, the the instance that I come across with the most is kind of a more specialized, you know, strain of I'm busy. Yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of people, when they're sort of standing on the precipice of starting a business or, you know, going to work for themselves versus for an employer full-time, mm -hmm. um, the specialized strain of it is, well, it's just not a good time. It's not a good mm. time, you know, it's yeah. not a good time. And people say this as though there is such thing as a good time right. or a bad time. There is never <laughs> a good time. And because there's never a good time, there's never a bad time. It's, it's right. just time. And I think sort of putting it in that category is, again, sort of that, that you know, how you deal with that fear. It's like, well, I would do this if it were a good time. Right. You know, which is, like, you? Which, is like, which, which is a bit like saying, I would do this if I had a unicorn. I, basically, you know. Well, that Wall I Street would do Journal. this if it was important. Right. You know, if it weren't impossible is what you're basically mm -hmm. trying to say. I would do this if it were something that were remotely doable. Right. I've I've told people that because I like I went on this rampage when this blog or when this uh, podcast I listened to hit, and I was like, that's amazing, and I was like, <laughs> I I was doing a full-time job that some people have a hard time keeping up with. Punk beds. <laughs> I was, like, I was doing a, a website on the side, and then, like, whatever else I was doing, and I, I just went, it is physically impossible for me to make enough time for this event. I can't, yeah. I can't go. Yeah. Um, and I was like, let's set up a time, like, three weeks from now and, and hang out or something mm -hmm. like do lunch or something so I also at the, around that time because we talked about it a lot I started just trying to be more honest about yeah. whether or not mm -hmm. I wanted to even do it I because you know things <laughs> will come up where you don't really want to do it because it's not a priority and you say oh I'm too busy to do that because it feels better than saying I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, <laughs> I just, just don't want to go. Not my thing. Yeah. Actually, I'd rather watch TV at that time. 
I started kind of trying to be more honest yeah. about it, <laughs> which, which was actually fine. It got mixed results. It got mixed results. Yeah, and, and again, for those of you who are outside of the upper Midwestern geography... It's January. Yeah, it, well, it, well it, but it's just January, but you know, in this part of the country in general, we are not a confrontational people. We're not. We, 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 we do not speak our feelings with a great degree of comfort. We're not we that do not honest. bear our souls. No, 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 we're not. We're not. We, we, we do lousy in situations in which that's expected. We want to try to make people, people feel better about what they're hearing. But I, the more honest I am with people, that is actually what makes people know where they stand and with me and know... Um, you know, know how I feel. Yeah. No, I don't want to go to this event with you because I'm not really interested in that event. However, I want to prioritize spending time with you. Can we figure out something else to do? Yeah. Or I, can we just sit and talk? Yeah. Can we just hang out or go to coffee? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not you. I just don't like this facet of what you're proposing. Right, so I'm not going to just say, eh, I'm too busy, and blow the whole thing off and avoid the conversation mm -hmm. altogether. Yeah. It's, I hate parties. Let's do something different on a different time. Parties give me anxiety. <laughs> Is there something that doesn't involve other people that we can do? <laughs> other people thing I'm not really... You as a person are fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the difference between the, the, the exercise that Josh found, I thought, um, where you replace busy with important. Yeah. I found another one where the suggestion was uh, to replace busy with... It's not a priority. It's not a priority. I thought it was interesting because one is about um, it's where you assign the blame, whether it's to yourself or to the thing. Yeah. So it's either no, I'm far too important to to do that, and that's why I'm saying I'm busy because I view it as a badge of honor. Yeah, this is beneath me. This mm -hmm. is beneath me, or um, I that's you can approach it as. Assigning the blame to the thing. That's not a thing that's important to me. Yeah. It's it's not relevant to me. So you can look at it kind of either way and coach yourself through those moments and figure yeah. out which it is. Like say it to yourself, like in, before, hit the brakes before you say busy. <laughs> yeah, none of this is out loud. So if you have a, a hard time listener... Um, like thinking through something before saying it, then this might not be for you. Yeah, not good for external <laughs> processors. <laughs> You're um, prone to thinking aloud, but you can try a different thing. Write it down, maybe. <clears throat> so someone says they want to go to this new nightclub on this Friday and hang out with you. I would say no fucking way. Right. But... <laughs> If you're about to say, no, I can't, I'm too busy, right. what you should do in your head is trade busy with, I'm too important to go to that nightclub with you, or it's not a priority to go to that nightclub with you, and then maybe switch to something that's more truthful, like, or, I actually do my laundry that night, so. Or, it's not a priority for me to face that kind of social anxiety yeah. with you. <laughs> By going to a new mm -hmm. yeah yeah or or you know if you want to like you know take it to the the expert level it's like let's make it about the person so it's like you know that sounds interesting but I really just like to spend time with you yeah mm -hmm. just do something you know can't hear each yeah. other at a night yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to to stand there yelling at right. you from two feet away and exchange you know whether or not you actually feel that way that does yeah. not sound fun yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's just, you know, again, how you, you know, it's sort of like, how much of a dick do I want to sound like in this moment? Right. <laughs> or, or if you are worried you don't have the time, like, and that's the only thing holding you back, don't give in to that fear 
and just say, hell yeah, I'll go to that nightclub. That sounds amazing. I can't imagine myself saying that. Yeah, I can't, I can't either, but... And I, I do think, I do think that once in a while you owe it to yourself to step outside of whatever your comfort zone is. Agreed. And, and I think you have to do that sort of situationally, that, <laughs> situationally, you know, in instances where there's at least a chance that you're going to get something from it that's a positive benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because we accomplish very little of consequence completely within our comfort zones. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's perhaps a person whose comfort zone lies in a different galaxy than yours. <laughs> yeah. You might have to, like, visit that galaxy right. for a time, you know, for the purpose of connecting with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so last night, um, some people from work went roller skating, which I love to do, but I'm not, I'm not a great skater, but I love to go roller skating. And I knew that I would get to the few hours before actually leaving the house and be like, ah, jammies sound so great. <laughs> Blankets and jammies and tea. And so I, so I, I prepared by asking the, I really wanted to spend time with the people that I was going with. So I prepared by telling them, please pick me up for this. Please can, can we carpool? Yeah. Um, and there, there was another person that we um, had planned to also pick up because she would be in the same position. So, uh, and we b- had both agreed when we got in the car, like I never would have been in, going to this right yeah. now if we, if I had had to drive myself. <laughs> it, like this was a great, like it confirmed it, it locked it in. But it's so funny because the the other person that would have been less likely to follow through. And I even texted them a few hours before and said, oh, I'm so tired. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> Take a nap, drink a coffee, whatever. Just, really? Just get it together. I'm yeah. like, okay. She's like, I'm picking you up no matter what. I'm like, all right. So uh, so I went and the other person went and I, um, I dressed in total comfort clothes, like all black, stretchy clothes. Nobody can see me. I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be, like, totally comfy. Sort of social camouflage. Yeah. yeah. And the other person that was that would have been reluctant to go went in, like, she wore a wig with a disco ball attached to it. <laughs> and Subtle. everyone at the roller rink talked to her. And she, she was, like... Every single person was was paying attention to her, and she still had the anxiety about the actual skating part. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just got in there with this fucking disco ball in her head, and it was amazing. And I was like, "Wow, we are really different." And I I thought it was really cool that she she would be in this situation where she was reluctant to even be there, and she's allowed herself to be the center of attention. Every single person skated up to her yeah. and talked to her about this thing. Well, it, it, it's sort of like the, the polar opposite of your strategy, because yeah. it's like, you know, if, 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 the, if the whole thing revolves around skating, I am going to do something where the skating is completely secondary to everything else that's going on, <laughs> yeah. because I have a disco ball in my yeah, head. Yeah, you can't tell how I bad I'm skating, because yeah, I, yeah, look I, at this! Yeah, yeah. And it was like the coolest part. Um, but it it was it was such a different approach. But we all had a super great time, and we were all so glad that we did it. But it was like you have to build all the. I broke the rules on the <laughs> phone. You have to build all these strategies in. If it's something that's important enough to you to, you know, you want to spend time with these people, you want to do these activities, 
you agree to it. When you get to the point where you do agree to it, then what do you do to hold yourself to it? Yeah. Follow through. Yeah, and I think for me, you know, coming from a language and writing background, I tend to be hyper aware of the words that come out of my mouth. Yeah. And I'm probably hypersensitive to the words that come out of other people's mouths. <laughs> sure. Equipped with quite as many hang-ups as I have. But one of the things that I've sort of stopped myself from saying to people is the expression taking time. Nobody takes time, they make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because none of us have enough time. No. Realistically, for all the stuff that we love to do in the course of your average day, week, month, life, right. year, whatever. Um, and every connection, every interaction, every occasion is a process of making time. Sometimes that's easy to synthesize, sometimes it's super challenging, but it's always a question of making time to exist in the same place with this other person or these other people that you want to connect with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten to be very deliberate about saying that. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just something you pull out of a hat and, oh, I've got time. Look at this! Just they have to <laughs> construct it. Yeah. Do you get anxiety about how to spend free time? This is an ongoing conversation between Josh and I. I don't think so. Do you always know? Do you get paralyzed? Um, more that what I get paralyzed by is giving myself permission to create it when I need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten better at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's been the challenge. It's, it's less anxiety about what to do with it because I usually have a pretty sizable list of things that I would like to do yeah. at any given time and it's more a question of, okay, is it all right for me to do this at 3 p.m. on a Thursday? Because that really feels like a time when I should be doing <laughs> something that's capital W, capital O, capital R, capital K. That's business uh, time. Yeah, precisely, business time. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and is it okay? Uh, oldest child, Capricorn, um, those kinds of fun things that you get to wrestle with. Sure. And, you know, the hyper-responsibility thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I think that's more of a challenge than deciding what to do. Um, maybe it's just because I have this very small list of things I enjoy doing, mm -hmm. and right. it's never that difficult to sort of do them. <laughs> to prioritize. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think you know, that's part of the time thing as well. It's like, after a while, as much as you want to do all the things, you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, I kind of enjoy this stuff, and I already feel like I don't get to spend enough time doing that. So if I go through the process of creating time to do something, let's maybe err on the side of something that I kind of like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know. Well, we yeah, we're we are we are going to be moving uh, in the spring, and are actually intentionally moving into a place where we uh, eliminate a bunch of chores. <laughs> to free up that much more time to ride bikes. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do yard work. I want to ride bikes. And kayaking. And paddleboarding. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, you know, I think maybe it's just phase of life or whatever, but, you know, I, I've owned a house since 1997. Um, the first several years of that experience, and, you know, when Nikki moved in and we got married, we did nothing but work on the house. We remodeled, or we worked on the yard, or we repainted, or mm -hmm. you know, went back to the rooms that we started with, which now look shabby by comparison to the newer <laughs> ones. And you know, after a while, it's just like this isn't fun anymore. I don't really want to do this. Yeah. Um, and and it's like my dad somehow managed to enjoy this, or like at least do a lot of it, or maybe he was better at hiding the fact that he resented it than I am. But uh, <laughs> it's fun for some people. Yeah. 
It, it is, and it's it's just not fun for me. It's not fun for me either. Yeah. Um, I just took two weeks off. I was off over the Christmas break, and I was off with the kids, and really got into doing absolutely nothing to the extent that I, at one point, looked at the jigsaw puzzle on the coffee table and said, oh man, I don't even feel like, <laughs> I don't even feel like looking at this puzzle. I'm just going to sit here. I was in a vegetative state yeah. and I couldn't even believe it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was awesome. But then I started as, as we got closer and closer to back to work time, started to get a ton of anxiety about well, what if I don't know how to make eye contact anymore? <laughs> what if I don't know how to talk to talk about business or what if I don't remember how to do my job like I had got I had gone that far away well I mean and, and I think when in the course of an adult <clears throat> life having two whole weeks off is almost unheard of it's absurd mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's and it is literally like summer break yeah. for adults where it's like you've been out of school for <laughs> I don't know how to read my god and I have to go back to school but what the hell is algebra I don't know I, I you know and, and it's that kind of thing because you know you can sort of like get out of those habits in two weeks and everything breaks down yeah and the first day back the end of that Monday I, I picked Josh up from work and I said Man, it's really, I'm really mentally tired because I had to go back to multitasking and it was really, really difficult. I had to go from single tasking to multitasking and he said, what's the word for when you don't do any tasks? <laughs> you were Zero like, tasking. <laughs> I was non-tasking. Non yeah. uh, but it was really challenging. So I think I have fear about getting out of that groove. Yeah. And and it's easier just to maintain it and not take that break than mm -hmm. to have to reboot into that because it was tough and every day I was tired this week. Well, yeah. And, and I think the flip side of that for me has always been what I find enjoyable about traveling and especially traveling outside yeah. of the U.S. Mm -hmm. because it basically clears all of your routines off the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that you can do semi-consciously or unconsciously um you know for the most part i can get through the first two hours of my day without thinking a whole lot about what i'm doing or where i'm mm -hmm. going this includes the part of the time when i might be driving which is kind of scary <laughs> because you're going yeah. to the same place and you don't really think about it but when you're outside of that routine physically and you know maybe in a place where the language spoken is different than the one you have you don't get not to think about you don't get to not think about that you have to you have to be deliberate about it and you have to think that through and I think that's why we remember things when we travel because our minds are that much more activated yeah. toward those experiences out of necessity mm -hmm. how do I order coffee in Hungarian you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't know but right you know? yeah I fortunately didn't have to learn that lesson that's a really good point we're going to California soon, so it'll be very similar. They don't they say, speak Hungarian. They say hella, and they call six inches of rain a storm. Yeah. No, things like that. You know how to say hella. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You, said <laughs> you say hella. But not with conviction. <laughs> I have to say, though, we're going to be in the East Bay, and in the East Bay, they don't say hella. They say hell of Oh, that's right. They enunciate. I stumbled hell upon that while I was just that is, playing around once. And you it were is like, hell of different funny. in the East Bay. <laughs> right, I'll have to, I'll have to note that in my journal. 
Yeah, because you always follow my advice about the uh, the Bay Area dialect. <laughs> always. A hundred percent. Or never. That. Charles, what advice do you have for people about un getting unbusy? Um... I'm busy. Okay. Are you in a position to give this well, advice? Well, yeah, as I was going to say, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I may not be able to speak to this with, with, with a terrible amount of credibility, but when you say I'm busy, I, I want to make sure that I'm... Making it question. so that you don't have to just shoot down anything that anyone ever... Like, coming on to a friend's podcast, by for the, instance. Yeah, by the way, yeah. thank you for not being too busy to be here. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm delighted to be here. But... <laughs> I, I guess so a lot of people f that I know that I've I've kind of talked to about this topic they feel like they have no idea how to do any of this other stuff that they want to do so like how could I possibly yeah, so basically how to make time right yeah okay essentially yeah. how do you forge yeah, time yeah, from yeah, yeah. the primordial <laughs> into, the, yeah, into the ether into another dimension come up with this thing called time um, yeah because I you know and, and, and again I think too much about what I say and how other people mm -hmm. say things, but busy is comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's sort of like if you've been in a car and you're driving and you're on the highway and you're doing like 80 and all of a sudden you pull off onto an exit onto residential streets and you have to drive 25 miles mm -hmm. an hour, mm -hmm. Very difficult. life feels unbearably slow. Yeah. And it's like, come on, enough. And I think for <laughs> me, that's what it feels like not to be busy. Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, like I have to be moving 100% of the time, but I like to be occupied. It makes it makes life interesting. It makes me feel useful or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know if I would want to be not busy. But if but if what we're thinking about is how do you how do you make time for things, um, and how do you not feel like a person who's always too busy? Mm -hmm. How do you feel do not controlled by your business? Yes. Okay. That that yeah. Okay. How do, how do you feel not controlled by business? Um, and I think for me, again, it comes back to having to realize you've taken the whole idea of being busy too far and look at what that's costing you. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes it's just like literally at the end of the day, taking inventory of what you've done recently and thinking about, okay, how much of that was stuff that I genuinely enjoyed? How much of that was a fulfilling experience? How much of that put me in contact with people who I find interesting or scintillating or are the source of, you know, fascinating conversations that I couldn't have with anybody else? And how much of it is me just doing stuff that I feel compelled by some sort of shadowy force to do because that's what you're supposed to do to be busy. To own a business um, and run it. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, you know, the truth is that you're never going to run out of things to do. Right. There's always going to be something, and it's just a question of saying, okay, well, what do I owe myself to be a little bit more happy with the way that I spent this week? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked about, um, with the scanning thing, of having sort of this collection of people who were sort of tasked with carrying each other through the experience yeah. through mutual responsibility slash guilt or whatever. Um, and that's kind of the way it's been with me for biking because there were... You, you have know, a team. Yeah, there were years when I hardly rode at all. This is the thing that I like more than anything else in the world. This is the thing that basically started the company that I'm running now and I wasn't doing any of it because there were always these busy things that I felt I should be doing instead. And what worked for me to break that pattern was to connect with other people 
who enjoyed it just as much as I did, mm -hmm. who would give me sort of, for lack of a better way to describe it, a sense of obligation to make time for that. Yeah. When it's just me, when it's just you as an individual, it's really easy to say, yeah, well, you know, I want to do that or I should do that, but uh, I got this other stuff, and if I do it now, then Monday won't suck as much as it would under other circumstances. Mm -hmm. But when you bring other people into it, you know, especially people you actually like spending time with, yeah, it's more of, okay, this is important to them too, and I don't want to let them down. Mm -hmm. And frankly, sometimes that's what it takes. Sure. Sort of, you know, if you're if you're a hyper-responsible person who feels like you always have to be doing something, well, then be hyper-responsible to somebody else who you happen to like. Yeah. Um, who will force you to make time for something that you know you want to do anyway. That's really good advice. It's a really long answer. I'm sorry. No, it's perfect. <laughs> do you want to pull a question from the random question jar now? I would be delighted. I would love to pull a question from the room. It's a thing that we have people do. Okay. And, and the thing is, they're all kind of vaguely orange. This one's too obvious. I gotta... I gotta okay. Yeah. I'm gonna is, that one, is that one I'm supposed to pick? No, we, <laughs> don't, we don't know what they are. <laughs> we have no idea. Someone just didn't fold that an appropriate number of times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna who, who did you delegate the folding to? And I'm gonna blame Mike Mason. Okay. I'd, yeah, let's just blame Mike I'm, Mason. I'm gonna blame Mike Mason, too. This one, this one, <laughs> this one has placed itself in my grasp. And should I read this, or do you want you to read it? No, you, you read it. Okay. It's all you. The question, you the, the mystery question, the random question that, um, that I've been asked to pose and answer is, if money wasn't a factor or issue, what would you do tomorrow with your time? It's, it's almost like you seeded these or something. I didn't. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't even... You heard the stirring. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, it's like, so if money wasn't a factor or issue, question. what would you do tomorrow with your time? I would probably have to fly someplace to do what I really want to do, which is to ride my bike for about <laughs> 50 miles someplace where it's not going to be zero degrees it's out. It's going to be mm -hmm. tremendously cold yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And I a would, fat bike won't help. No, no. Um, yeah. I Honestly, if money weren't a factor, I would um, fly a bunch of people that I like to ride bikes with someplace really, really warm and go on a nice long ride. I would like to be on that list. I recommend oh, we'll uh, Maui. <laughs> okay, okay. Maui let's, is let's very do Maui. hilly. No, it's yeah. fine. Okay. There's plenty yeah, of like flat you, you can go to the top of a volcano and ride mm -hmm. down. You yeah. know, I hear that's sure, a good sure. thing to do. Okay. But yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, if money's if money's not an object, that's absolutely what I would do. Yeah. So how would you guys answer that? Probably the same. Wow, we never get asked. We never get asked that question. Uh, I feel like I would do the same. Go. Um, <laughs> Go ride my bike, but not in this. Yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah. Again, for those of you outside of the upper Midwest, the forecast for the next 24 hours have <laughs> temperatures consistently in the single degrees above zero to the double digits below zero. So if you're wondering why we're not crazy about the <laughs> idea of going outside and riding bikes, it's because the weather here is actively trying to kill us. Yeah. yeah. It's ice so, murder season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so having said that as a pretext... <laughs> Yeah, I would go fly to, I don't know, I've been thinking about Norway all the time, so it would be just as cold. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. to me. Could, could we just take you down to the airport, have you sit on a plane sure. for eight hours, and then tell you you're in Norway? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I would believe well. that. Over the last couple of years, um, I ended up, I traveled, for, I have traveled for work a ton over the last couple of years, and often either to Baltimore or Los Angeles. And it's okay to go to Baltimore because the the temperature variance, it's usually 
Oh my god, it's 25 degrees here. This is so great. Yeah, it's I'm a balmy 25 I'm degrees. I'm not going to wear my hat. Yeah. Uh, but when you go to Los Angeles, there's an 80 to 90 degree difference in the temperature between here and there, and it is impossible. I have no idea how to pack for that. No, no, and it's, and it's funny because almost exactly one year ago, I was in Los Angeles with a few bike friends uh, working with uh, a buddy of mine who's building a new um, digitally based bike centric product uh, that he wanted to test out. So we all rented a house mm -hmm. up in Eagle Rock just north of Los Angeles and tested this product by riding bikes for a week. Cool. And that was the greatest thing in the world to do in January and it was the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you have, yeah, to, come have back. to get on a plane and go back. Yeah, cuz um, it, it was a that was a brutal January last year. Yeah, well, and, so. and, and, and not even as brutal as January's <laughs> previous, but you know, yeah. it, when, again, when you talk about sort of yeah. that fundamental shift of like it's 90 degrees, it's 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. We're not really meant to make that transition. No. In it's a very difficult. Of six hours or less. Right. It it's just doesn't work. Physically and mentally, very, very difficult. Yeah. So. I would right. just go to Norway and fix all that. It wouldn't even be a problem. My favorite temperature is 55. Just right in the middle. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us, Charles. Yeah, my pleasure. This Thank you fun. for having me here to talk. You get to write a question now, but I we can do that off the air. Okay. All right. Peace out. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash ProHumans, Stitcher at ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.